Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! One of the items we often talk about on Marketing Money Podcast is geofencing, geoconquesting, and the digital uh, attacking of your consumer you're trying to get ads in front of, because we all know we're on the phone all the time, it seems like, these days. Rain Local is a company that we endorse uh, that's a partner with our show, and they help you by placing the ads on the phone in zones and places you want the ads to be seen. So if you want to get your to your customer on the phone, check out rainlocal.com. That's rainlocal.com on your internet and tell them Marketing Money Podcast sent you if you talk to them. It's Marketing Money Podcast time. Mr. Mabus. Yeah. Are you ready to go? It looks like you're having a wonderful pistachio. If you hear a little little munchy and poppy in the background, that's me opening and smunching some Pistachios, because I'm hungry. And pistachios for your mustachio. Yep, they're real good. They do. They're kind of green. Yeah, well, that's the color of them. They wow. don't make them pink anymore. You know what else is green? Money. And what are we on? The Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Yeah, where we talk about that green thing and how to market Money. it. Money. Yeah. So how are the pistachios? Good? He's still eating as we're trying to get on the air here. Yeah. Good. Real good. Okay, good. Well, what are we talking about today? Oh, we're going to talk about checking account strategies, modern checking account strategies, because they're not all the same, even though everybody thinks every bank has the same stuff, and they're not. Well, I mean, they, the stuff's the same. How to get to it and market it, probably not the same. It's not all the same. Some banks have different things. Yeah. Well, they can. They can innovate. Let's look at the brief history of checking. Mm-hmm. When he's just crunching crunching them pistachios. Anyway, I feel like we should be in one of those Texas roadhouses where you throw the peanuts on the floor. Don't throw your peanuts on the floor. I don't throw my peanuts on the floor. Okay. But, so at the brief history of checking accounts, they started, it was just, we hold your money for a fee. Mm-hmm. And it's available to you. It's, I mean, you write an IOU, basically. I mean, that was the way they started. Yep. And so, and it's weird to think for the bank, this a liability. It's reversed the way you think about your money. Yeah, you have money, yeah. and how's money? And the you bank have to pay owes it you. Out? Yeah. But to that point, and then after a while, they tried some fee based checking. And so it was, it was normally yeah, a fee. There was a small the, fee. Every month there was a fee. Remember in the 90s where banks had it backwards and they would check your credit for a checking account? Well, they still do in some places. They have check systems and other stuff that checks. There's some banks that don't. They call them second chance banks. And and um, but to that point, yeah, it used to be like we won't bank you. I remember when I got turned down like three times because I moved to a new state when I was 21, 22 for college, and it took me about three banks that would just open a checking account for me, and I had money, you know, tuition, scholarship, parent money, work money, whatever. I had checks coming in, and they were like, we can't bank you because you uh, don't don't have a Tennessee driver's license. And I'm like, why does that have anything to do with me doing anything here? Changed a little bit since the first business I opened, I had some seed money, relatively significant for me, 
seed money check, like a check, like rate, like a, a, a like a certified check, like two dollars and twenty five cents, mm, a little more than that. No, oh, three fifty, three fifty. And I walked in, wet behind the ears. I'm here to open a business checking account, and they're like, "Sir, uh, sir, sir, <laughs> sir." Because you, yeah, it was kind of like that, and I mean. It was a. Uh, I'll tell you, the, it was a ten thousand dollar check, like bank check, certi- homie, certified check. That's real money. It was, and that was you know decades ago money. So that was real, real money. So you've got somebody walking in to open a DDA. What's that? A direct deposit account, which means that. Oh, super confusing though. I I, to, I, to, I never knew. There, I, I would bet that there are people on this podcast, and they sh- shouldn't feel bad about it. But you know, there's direct deposit. But I mean, this is a you don't require a banker to deposit directly into it. True. So, so there's this guy like me and a check. I'm here to open a business. Here's my little checking account. And the guy's like, "Well, do your, does your business have any crabs?" Like, no. This is like I just told you. Like, I'm a startup. <laughs> this is my capital. Yeah, take it. <laughs> and it was so funny. I mean, because yes, it's a liability, but I mean. They had ten thousand dollars. Like, what was I going to do? Open ten thousand, then pull out twenty. I mean, there's still like, um, you know, check writing limits or whatever. I literally couldn't open a checking account for my first business because um, you were selling drugs. <laughs> oh, no, that was cash. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Bank Secrecy Act and all that. No, the business had no credit, like no credit history. I was have to sign like a personal guarantee for my a guarantee. Yeah, a guarantee. For my for your value for my value and my it it was just odd and I'm young and don't know but I'm just like wait I'm not borrowing money from you I've got ten thousand American dollars here that I'm going to put in your bank and then draw it out a little bit at a time so a couple of things that that taught me your experience about business not being able to because it was a, it was the same bank that you couldn't open a checking account well at. and the weird part about that was is for a short period. Of, in my life, I moved overseas for a job during the summer just to experience the world, and I had to get a bank account because the company I was working for over there said we have to do direct deposit. We're not going. They didn't do paper checks. They're going to give you direct deposit. So they said go get a bank account, and I'm like, I can't even get one in another state in the South, and I'm going to walk into a international bank or a bank overseas and get an account. And they said they will help you at one of the bigger banks because this is a normal thing there. So I learned. I, I done learned that at some banks. The larger banks make it easier, and I think that's what affects community banking in, in metro areas is they've made it frictionless. Well, they, they have to you just have exposure to so many different and, types. And so you have into, systems. So I walked into Barclays, which is a huge multinational bank, mm-hmm. and I mean, it took five minutes, and here I was over, over here where I lived, just in another state, because I went to out-of-state college, and I didn't have a driver's license from the state, and they literally would not open a bank account for me. Like, wh- and I'm trying to give them money, same as you. I'm like, here's a check. I want to deposit my tuition dollars when I pay it out. I want to put my, you know, if I had scholarship dollars, if I had money, if I worked, whatever the money going in there, I was going to put that in their account. And they're like, no, we can't do that. I go to Barclays in London, England. Is that where you met when in, you said in overseas? Eng- in England. Well, that is overseas. It is. And Over the pond. It was. It was a jump and a hop. Hello, <laughs> hello Gevna. But anyway, to that point, they, just, they opened my account immediately, and I was like, "Okay, great." You know, we say "yeet." Can we? Could we class it up a little bit and say "tally ho"? Doesn't it mean the same thing, basically? It does. Why is there not like a 
video meme going around of tally ho when anything crazy happens because we're too stuck on i'm gonna start saying that like something happens instead of that needs to be the next if you're listening bud light (laughs) because we know you go ahead and kill the dilly dilly and start with tally ho and just do another genre of a little bit forward in the in history tally ho yeet that that's good i like it i had to interrupt we should just end the end the podcast there you've been fed today Tally ho. Just like I'm eating pistachios, you have been fed knowledge. Uh, but to that, then Banks wised up and said, we're going to start you know, either not using check systems or using a better system of it. Interstate commerce was allowing for banks to do things differently from the state-only charters. And so all of a sudden, you could have a bank account somewhere else. And then they said, what if we tried free checking? And remember, everybody went free checking. Like, it was like you saw, you rode, down, you, you, rode you drove or rode down the street. You don't drive, so they, you I'm too wealthy, man. I have to pay somebody to drive me around. So here's a true story about John, like an actual true story. The feet thing is up to you whether you know you believe that or not. John is a not a great driver. No, I think it's funny how everyone. Have you ever met someone that? So, truth in lending here. Have you ever met anyone that ever says, you know, I'm just not a good driver. I am literally not a good driver. But you know, I'm a good driver. I'm better than average. I don't know anybody that really talks about. If you ask, but do you still, think I'm a good? Am I a good driver? Yeah, I've ridden in a car with. I've you never for, bragged about my driving ability for 15 years, and we've never had a wreck. That's pretty good. I'm gonna knock on wood here. Yeah, I think it's pretty Jinx good. Jinx me. I've been with you when you got a ticket one time. That that's also a funny story. Yes, we learned about projecting authority. Yes, we did. So I'm I'm gonna digress. So one, John got short version. John got a new car. Rode with him for like one of the four times I've ever ridden with him today. I, I drive like an 80 year old. Uh, who is, I don't know. Paranoid. Yes. Like I'm just, I'm, it would annoy anyone to ride with me, but I'm very safe. I am very safe. Yeah. Except when there's a parked car near me. Yeah. <laughs> I might hit a parked car. Yeah, he might. But anyway. So I, there was a guy that shot video with us that I talked about, like, man, you drive like super fast. You never get a ticket. We pass cops all the time. I said, well, you have to just learn them. It's a mental attitude. <laughs> you put it in the universe. It happens. Yeah. It's like, Throw it out there. So you used to have to project authority, and they, you know, leave you alone. Like I'm, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, that's right. Hey, confidence. Project authority. I was like, you used to drive confident. confident. Drive a confidence. Just drive confident, Lee. And um, which was sort of a joke, but kind of not because I never got a ticket. And one day I got pulled over with these two guys that were making fun of me for driving. Oh, oh. project authority. I guess you didn't have it turned on. So I. Got a ticket. But the guy called me later. He's like, hey, my wife is running for this particular office. Would you like to do a little marketing for her? <laughs> and I wound up my net gain was more than that ticket. It was. And that's what happens when you project authority. Did she get elected? She did get elected. She did. Yeah. And you got out of a ticket. I got offsetting capital. That's a very ethical quandary. Yeah. I, no, I mean, it just, he didn't. That's a Mississippi story right there. No, a Mississippi story is when your local city attorney is also the mayor of another town. True. Formerly. Yeah, true. But anyway, Green Acres is the place to be. But to that point. Oh, Mr. Haney. Oh. Oh. Back to the point. Three people will get that joke. That's okay. Because they might be three very important people. But to that point, and we only have two listeners. so. <laughs> Anyway. Three, it's yeah, three is amazing. So, what's your point? 
My point is, we're talking about modern day checking and where it's evolved to. So it went to free checking mm-hmm. and check systems, and everybody had second chance banks and whatever was going on. So all of a sudden, free checking went wild, and everybody got into the free checking world. And then your government said, "Oh, y'all are doing free checking, so you don't make money on the on the um, fees for check just." fees for administrating the account. Oh, yeah. now you're going to make monies on these things called them them overdrafts there. Mm. So it was a shift in direction where every, now everybody could bank with a bank, but even if you couldn't afford fees or you or you were not financially literate, in a sense, the bank could find a way to make you profitable, in a sense, because of overdrafts. Now, here's the deal. Yeah, but I mean, that's... you got to realize the bank is covering that spence. They're taking the risk. That's a short-term, low-amount loan. It, it, yes, it is. And so I don't think banks ever got enough credit for the fact that what they're taking on when an overdraft happens. I mean, they're essentially covering you. In some cases, for a significant amount of money, for $30. Or a significant reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to turn your heat off this weekend. We're yeah. going to turn your power off. So there are arguments on both sides. I get it. I'm not blind to it. But my point is... Then free checking, when overdrafts got really scrutinized by the then CFPB coming out, and well, that was a few years ago, but still, and but regulators looked at overdrafts and things like that. Yeah, the order and the placement and how so disclosure and all that. So then banks said, you know, we're going to run away from free checking because it's now almost not really profitable anymore. So we move away from free checking and we move into more value based checking, as I like to say. It pays an interest rate. It makes you do something to get the value swipes. You, know, you swipe your debit card 10 times for interchange. Well, then all of a sudden we had a Dermot Amendment came in with you know, all, of, all, all them fun laws a few years ago, and all of a sudden it limited banks above $10 billion and their ability to charge what I well, would say charge a, it, a, fair mar- a fair market value for their risk mm-hmm. in, uh, in what they have to build the technology, protection, fraud protection, et cetera. And so all of a sudden now it becomes almost unprofitable for them to do that. And so now you're kind of looking at – where do you find value in a checking account to push non-interest income for your bank? Because mm-hmm. freebies, you can't do the free anymore the not same o- way. Not only non-interest, non-interest income, but income that offsets the interest that you're paying out. True. So you're looking at, you can't do the free Reverse because yield. the free hardly works anymore unless you do some things right. You know, you've got people opting out, opting in because of law, so they're opting out. So then, you know, their card cuts off, so they can't do an overdraft, which is great. Like, seriously. I opted out. I'd great. rather, I'd rather it. shut yeah, me we're, down. We're all for it. If that's what you want to do, do it, man. That's not like a, like, oh, this is a bad, that's a good client. They're smart financially. So you're doing that. So how does a bank in today's world make money on a checking account? And that's that's where I think we are today in, in retail checking is, what different avenues? Now, you have, I think, three or four different ones. You have interest rate where then you ask them to do certain things. The swipe still is a thing. You do the sticky services like an ACH or a direct well, deposit. trickle down. You're, you're taking that. Hopefully, you're offsetting that interest with that, but then you're, you're making your money off the yield. Well, you do, you do minimum account balances. So then folks that don't have a lot of money that then you can lend the money and make a spread off of, you charge them a fee. So if you can't keep... $250 in your account at all times, they're going to charge you, some banks are going to charge you six, eight, ten dollars $10 a month when it drops below. Yeah, it's conditional fees. It's conditional fees. Because, think about it, banks are for profit, and if you don't have money in the bank that they can lend and make money off of, you're basically an unprofitable customer in some senses. But haven't banks, wouldn't you say, banks have done... Tally-ho! A, wouldn't you say tally-ho? Sorry, Bobby. 
He's got you muted. Wouldn't you say banks have historically done a bad job as a as a group industry making clients, potential clients, the world understand, especially like post two thousand eight when like there were bad actor banks saying like, "Hey, we're like nobody's surprised that milk costs money." You know, like you go to you go to milk and you go to the grocery store and buy milk. It's almost like the client, the potential clients, the general populace doesn't understand that this is a business that provides you an equitable service. Like you give them money, we hold it for you and make it available wherever you are in the world. And protect it. And protect it up to $250,000, which the biggest shock to people is that banks have to pay for FDIC insurance. Yeah. Oh, it's called insurance. Yeah, it's, like, not free. it's not free. I've always, I don't know, wanted to argue this, but and you're, there's truth when you said there were bad actors in, in 08. But I think, it, but I think everyone was bad in some senses. The government was probably underregulating and then and pushing home ownership as a thing. Yeah, people were buying more than they could afford, and they were literally doing it like there was no, and then acting like it wasn't their fault. Like, no, you you were making your your teacher making forty thousand dollars a year, and you have a half a million dollar home on your salary. It's unsustainable. It is, but the person that you and, and I, I'm not saying at fault. I'm just saying like the. But I think it's important for bankers to understand. They might not have been, but I'm saying the whole picture, going, like, going everyone was at fault. But the, Literally, yeah. everyone was at yeah, fault. Absolutely. The purchaser was at fault. Government was probably at fault. There were some banks that might have been at fault, you know, depending on their actions. There were lenders that were doing it for fees that weren't, you well, know, I mean, holding there the were loans. The, whoever associated the, the, the inve- A, A and B and C and D loans. Investors that are or, packaging these CDOs and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I say, literally, when people are like, well, it was the bank's fault. It was the government's fault. It was the, I think it was everybody's fault, and it was just, it made a tidal wave of bad decisioning. Mm-hmm. And we all paid for it. Everybody paid for it. Yeah. I mean, banks went under. Uh, you know, people lost homes. The government had a huge issue. I mean, it's like, so when we say bad actors, I, I almost consider everyone a bad actor at some point. Right. In the, but in there the were equation, some, in the some, equation. some bad actors. Um, and there still are. Yes. You know, um, the, you know any, any group. But yeah, Tom Arnold, he's a bad actor. Watch True Lies. He's awful. True Lies is pretty good, though. True Lies, he's a bad actor. Okay. Right, there's a certain bank I'm going to start calling Tom Arnold. <laughs> Bad act, whatever, but... The, 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 I just riff on that the because fact I that always... banks had low trust. Everybody are, blames the banks. I'm like, no, everybody's like, oh, at fault. Oh, you charge me an overdraft fee. You're evil. Well, you, you walked home with your groceries or the PlayStation you bought or whatever you were buying at that moment. You made and a it, transaction. And there's no way to defend it. But again, no one is surprised when... Oh, this movie... But the movie theater's here, and y'all are showing movies. Can I not walk in? And no one, it's what I go back to is the lack of understanding around banking creates some of the problems with banking that the consumers don't want to pay for a product that is incredibly high value. Like I said, the system that allows me to use my debit card is real close to like magic. No, it is magic. Absolute magic. It checks my account, verifies I've got the funds because I did opt out. Um, within seconds. Yes. I mean, and, and think there's probably two banks in the equation. So if the, if the pizza hut, you're eating lunch there, pizza is not sponsoring this, but I'm just throwing but it I just down there. So much pizza. Yeah. Hut. So if you're eating pizza hut and you run your card there and it's with Renaissance and pizza hut banks with bank of America, it's got to go from your account to that account at bank of America, check that you have the funds, go back and then deposit it in there. And it does it in like six seconds. Yeah. And you and I put my money in my account, so I don't have to carry a wallet. I didn't leave my money at home. It's protected, 
Somebody can't. But by golly, why does that bank charge you for that, Josh? It should be free. And look, we're commiserating with other bankers. So everybody in, on this podcast should be like, yes, exactly. And we go to these meetings and we commiserate. And we say, yes, exactly. But there has been no like Got Milk campaign. Because Got Milk made you think, I got it, it's great. And then, but there's no like big like banks. <laughs> I'm glad they asked me for this too. And, and I will me. say this that we have organizations like ABA that, that do a yeoman's job. Um, affecting this, but it's also some of us getting together and co-oping and like, I think there would be a, a I think there would be a whole different way of what we do with our industry from, mar- and when I say our industry, I mean very specifically the marketing of banks. Well, if the consumer but better the, understood the value. Most of the, the marketing to make people feel good about banks is around nonprofits and education. It's so, so soft it's and, not and to, like, it's not to the usage of a product. No. And like, and so how we, amazing is it that the bank allows you to pull a piece of plastic out of your pocket and buy a car? <laughs> you know I mean, it's like amazing. But everybody's, but we talk about how we help schools, and which is great too. But it's soft. It's soft feel good versus like, do you wake up every day and realize that this bank is protecting your money? It's insured, and you can buy anything you want at any time if you have the money to do it with basically a six second swipe of a card or a dip of a chip. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an amazing, amazing thing that I think no one gives financial services industry credit for. Well, it's like when, when certain senators from certain states in the, you know, northeastern part of America rail on our industry. Yeah, it's... It is I mean, like, it. just hating the industry. Like, you do realize that we're the network that the, connects everybody's ability to transact. It's called commerce and the conduit to it. Is the banking system anyway? But anyway, so let's talk about so moving forward. There are basically three. I, I would say now in contemporary banking, retail banking, there are three checking accounts that are out there. There's plain Jane checking, which is just have an account. I'm probably getting charged unless I have e statements or something like that. There's value checking. I call it value because it gives you something. You can look on stories all around with our buddies at Strategy Core who do the Amazon effect. Talk about a subscription-based account where you're paying a fee, but the fee is offset by everything from interest to discounts to roadside assistance, cell phone insurance, health savings, so all types of value that you get back for it. So it's almost like a Netflix account. So you got Plain Jane, Netflix, Amazon account type deal. And then the third one is the one that you termed the other day, which I thought was really good which was a layover, which is called the... Bait and wait. Bait and wait. That's where you get the email in the mail, or the email in the mail, the email in your computer or your phone. I just blew your mind with that mistake. Anyway, uh, where you get... I'm going st- to email in the mail. That's a good one. I'm gonna, that's good. So all the banks out there, when I ever do decide to market, because I'm full of myself and the we're busy and you guys see value of what we do, uh, so I don't market a whole lot. I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm going to start um, taking some of you guys that have just super antiquated websites and just say, like, email me your email. I'm going to print out an email that's a letter to you, but it's just going to be on an email and be like, you obviously think. Anyway, technology. I get the joke. You're just going to print an email out. So side note on that, uh, CEO that I used to know, not with our bank, actually not with the bank at all, with another company, never figured out email. I mean, even up into like the mid 2000s and would have his assistant print out all of his emails and then he would take them and he would write a note on them like a handwritten note or a handwritten response and hand it back to the assistant whose job was then to type it up in his email and send the email back. Oh, I Think mean, about that for a minute. Now there's an executive but uh, no, it's not the same guy but it's a similar story because we talked about This was not a bank this. at all. Yeah. Um, Maybe it is the same guy. 
that because of when um, of the era and having an assistant in the professional era, very busy person, never learned how to check email, found himself downside. It's probably it maybe oh, yeah, no, a different person, but I know this story it's a, too. And it's a and, friend, yeah. And um, literally came to me as like, can you like five years, nah, ten years ago? I was like, can you teach me email? And I'm like, really, dude? Huh? <laughs> You're like, but, but and I mean it. Yeah, don't ever get behind and all that, but like, he just, I mean, like he had no context for it because he always had an assistant to do it for him. But handwriting notes on a printed email and then handing it back, where where the person on the other end thinks, "Oh, I'm getting an email from." I do, I do have a confession though. What's that? Um, I ha- have an inordinate amount of um, black and white brother laser printers, the ninety nine dollar, whatever the ninety nine dollar model is. I have one in almost every room of my house in case I just want to print something out because I still like the tangible. So I do brother note, put notes on a lot Thanks, of stuff. Thanks, brother. But anyway, I do, I do four checking accounts, three checking accounts. Plain Jane, value. We didn't say what the bait and weight value, is, though. The bait and weight is when you get an offer that says $500, $500 to, to open a bank account. And you're like, this is going to be, oh, they're going to give me $500. And you open it up and it's, you have to keep $15,000 on hand every month minimum. Which is less than 1% of the population. probably an ACH. And then you have one other trick in there. And then they fee it back to you over the next year And then there's a fee or something in there. But then the bait and weight is, so you either get like $200 after the first 30 days, then you get $100 at the anniversary, and then you get something else. Wait, so there's like a period of waiting to get paid. So the bank basically has already made money on the yield of your. They're they're making device. money on you, but their plan is also to um, woo you with all their services and their cross sell and all that. And look, it's a good strategy. They get you in the bank with the anticipation that you're going to get paid a pretty good amount while they take the turn to hook you into their other services, which is is a great strategy. So you've got really three strategies going. You've got one is the bank for banking for the people. It's just a, a simple account that gives you transactional ability. Probably not as profitable, but on the same time, it probably gets you a lot of volume to where you might be able to sell other items like a mortgage or something in that sense in a and probably more of a community bank style project product. Excuse me. Then you get into the value, the the what I would say a fee based, but a fee based value account where it could have, you know, no ATM fees, uh, pay a small interest rate, uh, give you all these these different values like the um, shopping discounts and uh, roadside assistance. And so you've got a value for your checking, which I like that. I think if if I'm going to get an account, give me something I can do with it because with today's apps on your phone, modern apps, why not give me something that I can do with your, with the bank's partners where I can save money? Well, there's that. And then we're, we are in a subscription based culture right now. And if you can, I would subscribe to that. Yeah. And um, (laughs) you know, my argument with this is, and it's why I've said PayPal, or um, I'm sorry, this is why I've said Amazon is the biggest threat to banks because they have a high value service that you subscribe to already. And if they offered free checking or whatever, fee-based checking, and you got, quote, free Amazon if you paid whatever per month for your, like, what I think Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime is um, $80 now, $90. So it gives you so much. You get I, right. music and but here's shipping the deal. And you would pay videos. you would pay ten dollars a month for a checking account with quote free Amazon Prime. Oh yeah. And you would actually pay more than Amazon Prime costs. Oh yeah. If they release that, 
I'm just telling you, banks need to hold on to well, their well, butts. Here's, well, here's what I've said. You pay, what, is it $12 for Netflix now? A month? 12-ish? We're looking at it's Bobby. More, I think it's 14 or more. But you have no problem paying $14 a month to watch videos at nighttime when you're going to bed or in the evening. Well, who what? But here's the deal. Have you ever? I but mean, you don't want to pay six dollars a month for full protected discounts, roadside assistance, like well, an interest rate, free ATMs well, up to an amount or whatever. Like my point is, you, six dollars. Like I am so mad I have to pay six dollars, but I'm going to pay twelve dollars so I can sit there and watch me some some office reruns. But is any? But here's the deal. So with all deference to you know my favorite provider of this, um, Strategy Core Bazing. Um, which is incredible product. Well, there's also the Casasas. There's others that, that have these kind of accounts. I have preference. Yeah, I do too. Um, but is anybody really? I, don't, I know that people get mad when we switch them. You know, if you switch somebody from a low value account, actually, to, they they don't get that mad if you do it right. But my, I don't think anybody. I think it's in the communication. I don't think though. people get. Mad. I just don't think they know about. It. I don't think it's proliferated enough. And I I just don't know that banks understand how to frame that value. Obviously, you know, our friends at Strategy Core do a great job of helping. Our clients, their clients, you know, um, with that. But still, it's almost like this big gulf of like, but I sell a bank account. Sell the subscription service with high value and banking your account just happens to be part of it. Ask, if, if you want to know about this, ask Danny Dinkler. He knows all about this. Downtown Danny Dinkler. We'll link, we'll link a little downtown Danny. Danny Dinkler can sell you this account. So you've got that. So there's, there's three now. There's Plain Jane, Value Add Subscription, and then there's Bait and Wait. And I think those are the three types of checking accounts you're going to see in the retail world. Now, the bait and wait is probably for a very targeted, higher net worth individual or what is assumed to be when a bank targets them. But still, it's it's three major accounts right now that you see. And so, I don't know. I would, I would throw in like a, a fifth or 4.5. Like it would be 3.5. Um, the specialty account, like the senior, like like the it's a catch, like the bucket account, like senior just, student. But it's always like some specialty that's not really that special. Well, let me give you a little hint on that. We had at one point we had to consolidate our checking accounts due to M and A's as well as just ideas like that. And I think at one point we had eighty accounts on our books, different types of accounts you could get, and there were too many specialty. You know, you had a church account type and an accountant type and a lawyer type and a healthcare type, a doctor account. You know, you get all these accounts. And while it seems good to the person that you're marketing to, your banker, I mean, has to handle all these different codes and ways to plug it in and then putting it into your whatever your CRM is. I mean, it's it's a it's tough. And so I really like simplification. I like banks that have three or four or five accounts, you know, even Whatever. I mean, I know you need to have more than one, but my point is, when you walk in, there's well, a, a Den, there's a Denny's menu of checking accounts. Yeah, it's it's been, like, what in the world do I do here? But I think it was created from FOMO. Like, if we don't do this thing that, like, this, what? look, and this is standard bank toxicity is, but one client asked for this. Like, we had five calls to the call center, Josh. We need to change we were, that policy. No, no, no. That's not what they say. We were inundated with calls. How many did you have? Four. In yeah. three days, and yeah. they said they didn't like the way the website looked. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, this is why your um, this is why your um, routing numbers on your homepage because somebody had to answer the phone too much to tell people what the routing number was. Yeah, which about which that's a whole other argument of when you do online account opening when you ask someone to put in the routing number, it drives me crazy because I would say ninety nine percent of Americans don't know what their routing number is. Now you can Google it, but I mean, why not make it easy to pay with 
I hate to say it, Zelle, PayPal, Apple Cash, Apple Pay, MasterCard, MasterPass. I mean, pick away. Yeah. But like, let me slide money into an account to open it from, because you're, you're obviously starting from somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's what I think banks forget is like, unless they're young and student checking or first college, you don't just walk in and go, I don't have an account, but I would like a bank account here. No, you're coming from somewhere. Make it easy to transfer that money in. Well, even the retailer, I think on a, I mean, it's a definitely an ACH when it's the switch kit when it's uh, um, <laughs> when it's your routing number. So I think it costs the, the retailer even more money, which good for banks. But I mean, the but the, so what's what's we're we're bumping up on time here. What's our takeaway from this? I mean, I know we've discussed the so, three so types. You don't the need three types. You, of you don't need four actually. The bucket account. You, you don't specialties. Need, you don't need all these accounts. You and and so you know the customer's always first customer centric stuff, but. Understand that a customer doesn't know anything about banking. Simplifying their life, I think, it makes it much easier to sell a checking account to them. Bringing value, whether that be a, a value add like the Bazing, which is um, you know an amazing uh, platform. I, I'm going to say this for a second. I hazed on Bazing the first time I heard it. I was like, this is silly. Like what? And then I got it and signed up for it. And I was like, well, I'm saving like $14 a week on food. And then I get a flat tire. I go get a new tires. I save about 25 bucks there. Got a windshield repair, about 30 bucks. I'm like, oh, wait, this account's worth like $100 a month. Thank well, you, Bazing. Well, it's like the other side on credit cards. Like Somebody's like, that credit card has a $350 fee. Well, I also get 10 um, go-go. Now, look, I fly, so it's a little bit different than the average American. I fly so much, I get... Ten free GoGo Wi-Fi's. That's a hundred bucks. You right got access there. to lounges when you're got 80, got, when you're laid well, over I'm somewhere. The, I'm talking about the direct cash correlation. Yeah. I've got my um um whatever my TSA pre-check paid for. Like it it if you don't offset it, then no, it's not. Yeah, not, but if you know how to use it, you're like you're gaming the the system of yeah. the world to make money because it's commerce. value for everybody. Yeah. Now the difference is is the stuff's more expensive or whatever. But anyway, Bazing. Um, and, and, and of course, I mean, they would even say this, it's upgrade over the years too, but, um, it's, uh, I was, um, meeting with a client who also has Bazing and like, even they were like this local business I didn't even know about. Like I walked by and they've already got in there. So it, uh, as far as, um, deal, local deals and things like that, but there's some of those, but finding that way to bring, bring value it's what we're really talking and about. Then, and then the third is, to close it, is, is your, your bait and weight, which s- sort of, I, I I guess I'm on a list of, of somewhat, I get some of these offers, and uh, I look at it and I go, do I really want, I mean, so it's hard to do the math because, and Josh, we've argued about against this, do you market the percentage or the cash? Because if you did a 1.51 on $25,000 over whatever year, I mean, it's 380 I don't know. I'm not doing that. But anyway, it's $300 to $400. Mm-hmm. But then if you do cash, it's a six-month to one-year thing, too. And you get 200 At some point, you get 100 if you do this action. If you wait and keep $15,000 every month, minimum deposit in there, at the end of a certain period, you get the other $200. And so you get that. So, But here's the thing. The, the other one gives you almost as much, like within an arguable amount, but you're saying it's a, it pays a percentage on a rate. There's only so so you have to put more money in account to get that money back. But but talking you know talking about this, one thing I would say just from the compliance standpoint is, um, man, those APY disclaimers are are real long and arduous for your 
designer well, and all that. So interestingly enough, so the to fee that, the fee may just be a better way. Just like here, we we just pay you. Well, what's crazy too is. I believe mouse type has killed the consumer from wanting or getting a better deal because they see it and they think, oh, that bank's, that thing's just ripping me off because there's a bunch of legal print at the bottom. And I'm sure in there it says I can't get this. And you're like, no, we're forced to do that. It's actually a pretty cool account. It actually does a really good thing. But you have to look in there and say that, you know, this does this to protect you and all. And you're looking at it going, well, I don't want that, all that mouse type. I'm sure there's something wrong with that deal because we've, we've been tricked by bad actors. We mentioned that earlier, that have done things, so then you have to put all this mouse type up there. And so when people see it, they automatically think it's a ripoff, when basically it's a regulatory disclosure that has to be in there. And, and if you have the account, you're actually getting a really good deal. Well, it's like expl- when you're explaining, you're losing. Like, it makes it lack legitimacy when it's like, well, if you got to say all that, then that must mean I'm screwed. Yeah, it must mean I have to do a lot of stuff. Oh, no, you are already doing all that stuff. But this is why 5%, 5 to 7% of people will, will change their bank account. Yeah. Because uh, it's just like too hard, too friction. They don't understand. They don't. The banks aren't giving them a value to move their account. Here's here's a st- statistic I'll throw at the end because this has amazed people, and I've brought it up lately. You know, there's the there are the big three cores. So, what is your experience at your bank mostly when 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 some when your client interacts with you? It's your website or your your online banking yep. or mobile banking, and that's run by your core. So, statistically, if some if a client leaves your bank. They have a one in three chance of, of getting the get same bank, the exact same, same experience. experience. Jinx. Anyway, yeah. Oh, me. Oh, you a coke or yeah, something? Yeah, you can't say a name. Okay, says your name. What? Yeah. Jinx was you said someone had to I say your name talk. before you. Yeah. Well, you can obviously talk on the podcast. But, yeah. But yeah, it's my job. Josh, talk. I said your name. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Value. Value. It's all about value. So bankers out there, markers out there, I'll give you my my sense. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Content that shows what value and what you're doing. You might want to give away some free pistachios because now Josh is crunching on one. And finally, if the bait and wait strategy works, which apparently it does, um, go for it. We've tried it before. So, I mean, if it works, it works. It puts some money on there. It's just a, just a, a different angle for building uh, an account that you have to you know cross sell the person into the relationship. So anyway, to that point, oh, well, let me throw one more thing. In. Throw it in. Let me there, throw the I'm just sitting here. Just, I, I don't know that we've given them any action, but we don't have to. Well, give here's action. our thing. It's our podcast. Who's give that? Give them a Oh, don't don't cuss. Is that is cussing? Mm. Oh, it's four letter word. Who the hell thinks it's a good idea to listen to their CEO come in and say, "I need twenty five million dollars of deposits by next month." Blah blah blah. Heard me say this before, but I'll say it again. You go do that, you go spend a crap ton of money to get those people in, and you have no plan to cross-sell them anything. Next time on Marketing Money Podcast, what to we'll do talk about with those bait-and-waiters while, while they're waiting on the backside of their bait-and-wait prize. Yep. Next time, tune in. Next time, tune in, and now we tune out. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants 
and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.